0: Hey gang, Sean Geek here and fast fret, and we have two storefronts. If you are a T public fan, you can browse our inventory over at T public, which is T public.com forward slash Sean Geek podcast or redbubble.com slash people slash Sean Geek podcast. You can get anything from either storefront from T shirts, stickers, phone cases, accessories of all kinds we're talking masks notebooks mugs pillows totes tapestries oh my oh my everything's (laughs) there just go to those addresses also check the show notes and help support the show
1: thank you goodbye Bye.
0: Anyway, um, so on the polls last time, and I was trying to find the original poll, because the original poll was uh, we had four topics for discussion. Elon Musk is an asshole was the number one. But mm-hmm. the poll started to change, and I'm trying to find the original poll we had. Yeah, so the poll started changing. and um, This this was on Twitter? Yeah, I put it on Twitter, yeah.
2: Okay, so so since he's taken over... Has, has the poll change mysteriously well uh, <laughs> oh who's this talking oh, about me
0: did a search okay. with my own name and I just
2: put it. <laughs> just kicked that one out
0: okay so so originally Elon Musk is an idiot that that's what what was that was the winner by close margin with music that broke Todd and then eventually it changed to 50 50 50, 50 mm-hmm. between that and music that broke Todd and now we have two additional votes for Three's Company and uh, book covers that Matt shows. Oh, so does so, Three Company win now? No, 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 no. <laughs> but Music That Broke Todd is, I think it was the winner for like five minutes. Oh, okay. Someone else voted and then it was even with Elon <laughs> Musk. But since that was the number two or the number one or the you know, whatever, like that's that's what we're going to talk about. So... This is the okay. next segment. So in the music that broke. Somebody. <laughs> um, you. The, the the whole idea is it's a song, a band, a, a, a time in history where the music rewired your brain, made you think about music in a different way, opened opened up your your own musicianship, for example, and you might have, you know, sw- switched gears and something that broke you so broke the old mold that was todd and created a new mold for todd and we all have multiple moments like that in our lives where we shift gears so todd which one are which 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 hammer are we talking about today well i'll I'll have to go back
2: okay uh growing up in in new brunswick in shidiak um, I had a friend of mine, Gary, he, uh, his dad owned, uh, Emery's Automotive mm-hmm. and he, and we lived right off of the, uh, four lane highway, the number one highway. Four lane highway. Yeah. So then I had to cross, you know, four lanes to get to, to his house. Um, and the music back then was CKCW and this was AM radio. I don't know if it's still AM or not. And then we had the country channel which was in stereo. It was like, oh, the only channel you could get was country. And I didn't like country. And that's all I heard was country.
0: Like a rhinestone cowboy. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, My very first recollection of a song was Sultans of Swing.
1: you yeah. They call rock and roll and the sultans
2: Now, Dad, back in the day, had two jobs. He worked for CN Rail in the evenings, 4 to 12. And then in the mornings, he would do the mail. So I would go with him uh, to do the mail runs uh, some mornings. And I remember hearing this song on the radio. And I didn't know at the time what it was, who had played it. It was only much later on in life when I had heard it. And I went, oh, yeah, that song. And I figured, you know, geez, if I could play that song, that would be awesome. Because back when we were listening to this FM radio stuff, it was very, you know, very kind of monotonous. Uh, The only real music that I could really hear was when we went to my grandparents. And uh, my my aunt, uh, Brenda, had a whole bunch of records. And I kind of heard, now it wasn't country, it was more like, you know, the 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 Playboys and there was a whole bunch of other, I mean, they even had records. had oh, yeah, the Playboys. Do you remember those? It was almost like clay records. They were, I can't remember what speed they were now, but they were like really heavy, thick, thick records. Yeah. They, were, they weren't 45s, they weren't 33 and a halfs, they were some other number and yep. they were kind of an in-between size. 78s? It could have been 78s. Yeah. And that music was just old, old music. Like that was, yeah, yeah. you know, that that stuff that, you know, <laughs> probably right after the turn of century, like when they, they had that wind up uh, record player day mm-hmm, thing where, where you mm-hmm. play them. Uh, so that so that kind of moved me up a little bit in the entire in t- the music stuff. Uh, they had eight track and, and that was kind of the, they had like the K-Tel albums that okay. had the more of the pop music stuff that was a little more popular. Mm-hmm.
1: A great ULP, 20 original hits, original stars, KC and the Sunshine Band.
2: Um, and then as I got older, um, we had talked about this before. Uh, being in uh, Randy, uh, cousin Randy, he had he had a a radio with some tapes. He had like Charlie Pride and and, and a whole bunch of country stuff, but he also had uh rush which was blew my mind that i listened to it and he actually had there was a function on this radio that had a wide f- switch oh
1: my god yes and then the whole
2: thing just opened it up, up it, was like, yep. it was like geez uh you close your eyes you felt like you were in the arena so that that kind of opened my eyes uh to the beginning so which which rush was that uh, i think it was exit stage left was it really yeah, Ooh, and shit. and at the time it it was between. I mean that was very eye opening. That that's
0: probably the more memorable one. So which one. one came first? Then was it Sultan's A Swing or was it Rush?
2: Well, see, I was never. I our whole, as you know, our whole music is is family oriented whether it was our aunts and uncles like they played either drums, a guitar or bass or they sang or mm-hmm. everyone everyone had something mandolin, fiddle, you know, you could have a whole concert just just with the family like both families together.
0: Yeah, hell yeah.
2: So yeah, so they had their own music. Dad had the Ventures that he would listen to oh. and I listened to that, there was CCR. Uh, you know, he'd sit there with his bass and he'd play and and that stuff was like, okay, that that's kind of what I grew up on. Yeah. And then, um, when I met Gary across the street, um, his brother had a plethora of, of music that I had never heard before. Dude. And yeah, that blew my mind. Uh, ZZ top, uh, Leonard Skinner, uh, that type of stuff, uh, Downchild blues band, which I had never heard of before. Uh, the road fever album. I, I actually went, we were talking earlier about, um, and, well, I guess it would be on the other podcast now <laughs> regarding ordering, and that was the only ever album I ever ordered. I actually went went to the store and says, "Okay, I need Road Fever." <laughs> Set You can find it on, on,
0: on YouTube. But you couldn't find it, that shit back then. Like, this to... was like the hard, like, Obscure how, how am I going to get this? It's not going to be carried at, at Continental, you know, Continental or whatever, any of those stores. Like, at, at, at your Continental store. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember the commercial. Okay, um, so but it was ZZ Top, Leonard yep. Skinnerd. Road the, Fever was who? Was that the Down Child Blues Band? Down Child Blues Band, Road
2: Fever. It's got a 56 or 57 Chev parked on the side of the road with a like a stop sign through the radiator. I don't know, something like that. I can't remember. Or through the window. Uh, Eagles was another one that uh, Seven Bridges Road, when I first heard it, blew my mind. It was like, what is this? And it was the first time I'd really heard harmonies in that format.
3: there are stars in the southern sky
4: Some child
3: And if ever you decide you should go, there is a taste of time, sweet and honey down the sand.
0: think like, in context the other thing we have to like th- that we have to remind the listeners here is that we had call on the radio like well we go, to go back to what you said before it was it was kenny rogers it was burton cummings it was and it Dolly was kind of Jolly pardon yeah and not, and not to diminish those artists but it was it was kind of not honky-tonk but it was like It was our parents' music. It was our, yeah, it wasn't, but that's all we had. There was no radio stations to listen to anything else. So imagine listening to this for the first time. And maybe now it's because everybody knows who these bands are or a lot of them, the Eagles, you know, everyone's like, Oh, the Eagles, like people get tired of the Eagles, but imagine listening to the Eagles for the first time when all you ever heard was Glenn Campbell, you know? Yeah.
2: and special guests, such and such, where they'd have like a two part harmony. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you go to the Eagles. It's like, whoa, what is yeah. this? This is, this you, is you like the wide, your gas wide switch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, I, I mean, there wasn't, I guess the very first one would have been the salt of the swim, but I was probably like eight, nine years old um and anytime i heard a solo it it was the solo part it was like this guitar thing and and at the time we didn't have there was no internet there was no youtube there was none of this stuff the only way you could actually hear music was to either hear it on the radio or if someone actually had the music
0: and they didn't have solos on the radio either because everything had to be two and a half minutes long even on the country stations right so
4: even if it was a solo
0: in a song it would have been removed Right. yeah kind of like
2: uh white snakes uh uh which one is it the, the famous one they have there's like two versions there's a radio oh, version regular radio... yeah take the guitars down put the keyboards up yeah chill i think there's a couple of their songs the same same idea just because too loud mcleod like to play <laughs> you play too loud yeah um yeah so my god uh the head pins turn it loud oh god um, now I'm not sure if Mike, cause I, when I, when we were growing up, Mike, Norm and I, and, and Zap uh, prior to that, uh, we kind of had a little band form. We'd kind of get together on the weekends and play. Um, and of course I didn't have a big, um, uh, collection of music because I mean, we grew up with nothing basically. So it was like, whatever you heard on the radio, if you guy. wanted to record it, that was it. You probably missed, you know, the beginning because the, the announcer is talking or, or you just missed the whole beginning you altogether. stuff right <laughs> off the radio, off of a blank cassette, because that's all we could afford. Yeah. So, I mean, Mike had uh, the Headpins, Chilliwack, and we'd, we'd ride in his, uh, his dad's Impala 80, probably like 80, 81 Impala. Uh, with the tape deck in there and just had these tunes cranked and those those ones we played to the point where the the tape was stretched so much it was wasn't even usable anymore Uh, those were big huge influences uh, growing up Um, I remember oh my god zap yeah he was driving his capri and this was back when well when I was working out and he was working out and stuff. And I remember that type of music and his brother was listening to, I think it was Uzeb or something like that. Oh, wait. It it was whole, it was, that was different music again, which was kind of, uh, you know, the fretless bass with these weird, you know, timings and notes and stuff that you have never heard before. Brand X, which, uh, Phil Collins used to be a drummer for, uh, if you ever get a chance, I mean, listen to some old, brand X stuff. It's, it's, it's totally different. And these are, uh, and, and Mark Zapp's brother, uh, was a musician and he actually went to university for music. So, and this was a type of Did music you know that? That, that, you know, that he used to, uh, yeah, Moncton, um, was university of Moncton. I can't remember now, but they had a music program. Actually they had, uh, they came in one time, uh, because they wanted to, not so much recruit, but just to kind of let the students know what was available if they ever wanted to to take music and stuff. Jeez. And uh, that was the kind of music that he listened to. So when I went over there, it was that music. So it, it, see, depending on, on the place you went to and the type of music they listened to was what you were kind of shown. Right. Yeah. Like now, if I wanted to listen to any of that stuff, I could just look it up and bang, It's it's there in front of you. So nowadays when people are writing, they've got way more influences. Sure. Uh, it's more like a soup of influences than it is, you know, uh, certain people. Like you, you have bands that we, you know, we listen to this well. They get interviewed, like, what were your influences? Oh, it was, it was Hendrix. It was, you know, all the, all the top names of, of people that, that were, that were big at the time. Yep. And probably only because uh, there were a lot fewer bands back then. Um, that you could hear. That you could hear, yeah. So it's, uh, and now all the bands after that were all influenced by those people. And as you go down the line, it kind of gets, not diluted, but broadened, I guess you could say.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Where it's, it's not really recognizable anymore. And then everyone has kind of their own sound just as you kind of go down the ladder. And some people branch off. Like like when I'm saying Brand X and and if if you compared them to Rush, I mean they're excellent bands, excellent players, but totally different genres altogether. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, then there was uh, f- Triumph was was another big one uh, for me where it was like, oh, it's this uh, you know, follow your heart. <laughs> Much Music. And that was kind of our branch out. That was my branch out. Much Music. Or was it, was it Much Music or was it? it,
0: uh, No, it was Much Music.
2: Because there was the American and the Canadian.
0: Yeah, the MTV.
2: MTV, yeah. So Much Music. Yeah. Yeah, because we had the, we had the dish. (laughs) Yeah. Dad had gotten a dish. And then we had that big concrete slab in the middle of the yard. And then this huge dish, it looked like, you know, something from NASA that we got our music from and that that opened the doors like it just took the blinders right off and it just blew it you know cuz the 80s the music um
0: that came out then just kind of blew my mind i couldn't even keep up anymore like the, timing, so the timing the many... timing was good too right cuz there's so much new stuff in the 80s it just kind of exploded because of video and then we had much music we actually had much music and we could actually watch it and and kind of see that explosion ourselves yeah, so it wasn't so just so much a music, french but... station yeah so much music what what triumph oh try they had and what else
2: um well you know i'm mean, like a lot of people that i knew were into uh you know either was you know megadeth or uh judas priest and and all these bands it was like eh, i was more into the rush thing because that's you know I, I played it from one end to the other and that's pr- pretty much I didn't have a whole lot of music to to go by because I didn't have, uh, you know, recording devices to 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 record these because they were just on the TV.
0: This was, I think, that was before VCRs. Yeah, VCR kind of came in in around that time, and I think we bought one probably for like a thousand bucks back then. Yeah, yeah, they were they like, were cheap. It was like the present for the entire family for like for two two years or whatever it was. Yeah, and this this thing weighed a ton. Yep, I remember. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's a lot of moving parts in there, yep. But it, it worked well. Marty, shh, you'll scare the fish. Oh, we're
5: missing the big football Relax. game. Relax, my VHS home video recorder is taping it right now. Okay. Terrific. Watch. Terrific. But suppose it's over three hours. Relax, Panasonic VHS tapes up to four hours of sports, movie specials on one cassette. Wow. This VHS is for me catch of the day yeah vhs the four-hour system from panasonic and other leading companies
0: so that is um, so that kind of replaced i think that kind of replaced us taping off the radio too right like we used to tape off the radio all the time but the selection of much music was so much better and we would just yeah make videos well there was the what was it called the power hour yep I'm
2: trying to remember now the different shows ahead on there but yeah they had that oh, and then they had yeah then they had all the bands on and we were you know record that Type of stuff but it wasn't like oh I'm gonna take this VCR and I'm gonna bring it up to my bedroom and I'm gonna have my own TV and then I can play it no no that, that didn't work that way so <laughs> no. it wasn't it wasn't yeah it, it wasn't as simple as that so um oh yeah like white snake and and uh th- there's a couple of bands remember flight mm-hmm. th- they had uh,
1: love the it, night it,
2: it was it was an independent uh, thing, and it that blew my mind listening to that. Uh, yeah, just that just opened up a whole whole can of worms. And I then, actually,
0: uh, I actually have. Um, I found, Flight's Mistress of the Night. Yeah, did I send it to you? Yeah, like the MP three or whatever. Yeah, I think, uh, Yeah, I, I actually, I think I saw the video. Oh, okay, so you said Flight which i'm i'm gonna play it here Uh, okay i'll do some fancy post edit shit okay
5: Of the night, take me by my hand, child of the night, taking all she can.
0: A band called hateful snake no they had a song called are you ready they were like a toronto band i think flight was a toronto band too and they 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 spent a bunch of money and had a music video and then somehow get out on them on much music which was kind of cool Oh, but remember toronto. that solo todd on on the mistress of the night yes oh yeah it was it was pretty it was pretty uh
2: pretty sweet at the time i haven't listened to it in a while so it's like I, I might be able to replicate it now,
0: but back in the day, yeah. it was like okay, my my skills were were, were quite limited, and it had um, a good video too. Like the the camera stayed on on the fretboard for the solo. I think for most of the solo.
2: Yeah, I mean it was grainy oh. as
0: hell, but yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> you can see it. Uh, but the uh, the number one influence for me during uh, that the, era, that it was Van Halen. Oh yeah, uh, I my God. Now, I can't remember. I, I received the uh,
0: cassette. But was it Nin- okay? But hang on. Was it that you saw Jump? I did Didn't... see Jump on my music, but this was prior to that. Okay.
2: I had received the 1984 cassette uh, from Mom and Dad, I believe, for Christmas one year. Now, the only thing is, is I can't remember if I had heard the previous albums or if this was just something out of the blue that they had bought that they thought that I would like
0: i think we talked about this before and i think this was the first the first when I, yeah when
2: i first heard it like top jimmy and and uh and jump and all that i was like okay this this is like the keyboard thing was like awesome and then the guitar came and then the solo came and then uh, they played uh what was the uh, the number 2 Panama? Two songs in that one, yeah, Panama, yeah. Uh and, and we played that in high school. Like that was that oh, was yeah. one of my favorite favorite tunes. So, are you
0: saying that you heard the album before you saw the video? Then for Jump, I, I believe so. Okay, I believe so. Yeah, because I was wondering, like Jump, I can't see like coming on, and then you being, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. Like I can't, <laughs> like visually, sure. I mean, it's a catchy piano riff but I mean you weren't into piano right so like I that's what I was like I that's why I thought maybe the album came first because yeah that you know you appreciate jump in relation to everything else on the album but I was like wondering like what was your first because if jump was your first you might have like potentially skipped on Van Halen like the solo was pretty damn good but well music see music back then was either cassette
2: or album Right. Yeah. As soon as you put the needle down or as soon as you hit play, it wasn't like, oh, I don't like this song. Let me fast forward to the next one. Oh, let me lift it. the needle But the- You'd usually have it on. You'd play it from beginning to end normally. Normally. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. you can shuffle and I don't want that song in there. You do it where you go. So you listen right front to back. So I listened to 1984 front to back for the longest time. Then I was like, oh, what else do these guys have? So then I saw Van Halen 1, Van Halen 2, and oh, my God. Oh, they have a whole back catalog? Holy it was, shit. It was like, uh, yeah, it, it blew my mind. Spanish Fly was like, oh I have to buy myself an, uh, a classical guitar because I want to play this song, right? Yep. And, uh, and then I learned that one, and I was able to find some sheet music for that.
0: You know, a Tab back then, that was yep. kind of the only way to, to do a guitar it. Guitar player or guitar for the practicing musician or one of those.
4: Yeah, there we go.
2: And stuff were so they, they sounded so complicated uh hammer-ons and pull-offs and two-hand tapping and harmonics and pinch harmonics and and his whammy bar work my god it was like you i had never heard bar on that first guitar did you um my black strat yeah yeah that I, have we ever did the story on that? that that that'll be a whole yeah that's a whole episode there i, I think we did but um yeah, but the thing is that guitar has single coils. So it was more of a quacky
0: Yeah dire straits
2: more right. sound.
0: But I was gonna say there's no way you could do the whammy bar stuff without a whammy well,
2: bar. Well, being an, an import guitar, it wasn't it wasn't set up, you know, like the professionals and back then I didn't know you know how to do any of that so i was breaking strings left and right and center anytime i used the whammy bar because you know the 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 saddles were were sharp or there was too much of a break angle uh where the saddle met the bridge and you know stuff i didn't really pay attention to uh so i mean it it did have a whammy bar but anytime you used it it just knocked the whole thing right out of tune and as it was it didn't tune properly cuz i didn't have it intonated properly and the neck relief wasn't proper so it was buzzing everywhere like i didn't know how to set this thing up so i still have that i still have that guitar to this day i have that guitar my very first guitar i mean it's got the fret wear on it like the fret wires got these deep gouges and just from playing yep. it so much uh but that was my first guitar and i'll never get rid of that no matter no what way. So that's that's kind of my, yeah. So that's uh, and it had single coils. And so it wasn't really anything I could play that would that sounded decent. Yeah. Uh, Mark or uh, Zapp's brother, uh, he had said one time, you know, if you can play this song, I'll give you this guitar, and and I did it, and he gave me this. It was an Ibanez. It kind of looked like a like a Lucille type of BB okay. King type guitar. Oh, but it, but yeah. but it had. Yeah, but it had dual coils on it, and it it had a different tone. It was like, this sounds good, but the frets were worn down so much and were dressed so much that you were pretty much playing right on the fret board, not not so much the fret, so it was kind of hard to play, but it sounded great. Oh, that guitarist was amazing. That guitar was amazing, yeah, so then I went to go see Triumph at the concert, and I was looking at his guitar, and he had dual coils, and I thought it was EMGs, I can't remember, so then I went and bought out some EMGs, and I threw those in there, and then I went to my buddy Mark's, so we had this router, <laughs> you know, grinding a hole, you know, to be able to accommodate these this dual coils. And if you
0: hadn't heard Van Halen, you wouldn't have been fucking around with the guitars like that, probably,
2: No, no, I probably would have kept it the same. I mean, even, uh, Chilliwack, I think, uh, his guitar, I think they were stacked single coils. So it was just one on top of the other. So it just looked like a single coil on the outside, which you wouldn't have known the difference. Uh, but as you get older, you realize that, you know what, the guitar was only a part of the equation. It was the amp that was... Because you could take a single-coil mm-hmm. guitar and get a killer amp. Sure. And you could play those single coils to death and play whatever you want. Like, you can play death metal now, like, with, with these... Yeah. With the amount of of, of overdrive and, and all these stages of, of distortion on these these amps that they have now. And all these modeling amps, like, you could have you know, just a a lipstick pickup if you want to do like just this little cheap thing and make it sound heavy. So, I mean, I had my uncle's, uh, basement app, fender basement, which the tubes had never been changed. I think since the thing was, was built. Uh, so it didn't really, and, and you couldn't turn it loud enough where it would sound like there was any good overdrive to it. So it was always like throw a pedal in front of it. And it was always these cheap boss pedals and it didn't sound the same. I could never get the tone now. I mean, I've got this little thr10 Yamaha. I can get any sound out of it I want, and it sounds killer. And I've got my studio monitors. I plug it through there, and you can get the stereo separation with the chorus. Yep. My God, I can I can play Rush till to, to my heart's content, uh, because he used to have a a chorus pedal that that would sound. It was a unique. It was a CE1 or something very expensive if you wanted to buy it now. And I don't know if there's any clones to it, but my God, when I, when I have this and I'm playing signals or I'm playing, you know, any of the other albums um, I can get it pretty, pretty damn close. And it's, it's, it's ear. I mean, my, it's it's like eargasm. gasm. Like it's just, you just sit there and you can just play a note and just sit back and, and just just absorb and just absorb it all. Yeah. It sounds really good. Uh so yeah, so the Van Halen, <laughs> getting back to that, yep, was was uh it's still one of my best. I mean, I had the tapes, Van Halen one, two, I mean uh Diver Down, Women Children First, you know, every every album, uh whether I liked it or not, even the uh Van Halen three uh oh, was, women was and children First. Oh, Van Halen three. Okay, yeah. With with uh, I bought that too. It didn't matter. Like it was Van Halen, so I, I was, you know, whether it was Hagar or Sammy or or whoever, um, and they and they all had their own little niche. Uh, I'm more the Dave era, yep, which which had a specific sound and tone, um, and even even Dave's stuff that he did on his own with uh, Billy Sheenan and Steve Vai. Uh, in that band, that kind of paralleled a little bit. Yep. And I remember having, uh, you know, the the Sanyo Walkman. We couldn't afford the Sony one, so we got the Sanyo one. <laughs> and I'd be shoveling, you know, in a long driveway we had back home, and I'd have that in my ears, you know, a skyscraper or whatever, while yep. you know, I'm uh, uh, shoveling. And that uh, that was just as as good. And, that, and I'm not sure if it was because. It was Dave's voice that I was used to hearing. Um, It definitely wasn't Eddie playing, but Steve Vai was a whole other eye-opening experience, him and Joe Satriani.
0: So did those two have an impact on you then?
2: Yes. Van Halen did, Steve Vai did, uh, Joe Satriani did. Uh, Surfing with an Alien. I think that was an album that you had that I had never heard before. Yep. And I think because when I went to when you were living in Montreal, uh, when I came to visit, yeah. I think I had heard it there. And at that time, I think we had I had gotten a cassette and we had
0: duplicated it. So I had a copy of
2: it.
4: Yeah.
0: Because I was the only really way to do it. The only reason then. I bought that album was was because Silver Surfer was on the cover of it, really. Mm. And that's why I bought it. But then I fell in love with, uh, with Joe after that. He's like, holy shit, like Joe's. I don't know. He he was he was almost he wasn't Steve Vai and he wasn't Ada Van Halen, but I feel he was like more of a bridge in between two. He was yeah. more a, a song writer, it was yeah. all about the song with Satriani.
2: Yeah, and the most emotional uh song artist album that I had ever experienced was Passion and Warfare from Steve Vai. Yeah. that that was a very emotional, right? Like it, it's almost like his soul was there and you were there with his soul. And it, that's how much it touched, you know, that it influenced me when I heard it. And the first time I heard it, I think I was working at Boeing aerospace and, uh, it was on Salto Crescent. That's back when we had a satellite place. <laughs> and I remember bringing my car in because I was doing some mods or something. I can't remember if I was working on the stereo or something or other. And I had that uh, cassette, and I was playing it. I was like, "Oh my god, um, it was it was crazy." Yeah, if if you're into music that may, that wants to move you, I would you know if, if you've never heard it before, I would highly recommend that that album. <laughs> He's done other ones flexible and stuff that were okay, but they yeah. weren't to this to no. this level. Yeah. That was
0: that was like a, a zenith moment.
2: Yeah, I don't like brand. <laughs> yeah. And then Crossroads came out. Yeah. Uh, and he played the devil's son or his devil, or whatever. He signed the Souls of the Devil, and yeah. he was playing against Ralph Machiot, uh, doing the crossroads thing, and he's playing his telecaster and uh and Steve I's playing his as Ibanez or whatever it was at the time.
4: You know what I got here?
1: This is the mojo hand, the Louisiana voodoo charm, the winning boy's magic. They say there's only one last true mojo left in the world. Take it, Lightning.
5: Take it and go up there and do your stuff. I'm giving you all the magic i got.
3: What shall I do? Then
1: you can call. Who's next up there? Hmm? Who's coming on up? Who's gonna get their head head head
3: together?
4: How about you? Chicken boy.
3: Oh
5: my Lord,
4: what shall I do? What shall I do?
0: Do you remember the yeah. end of the end of that uh, the head? It was called the head cut and duel. Do you remember the end of it? Because I remember. I don't when know if it was the first time you watched it, <laughs> but we were watching it together, and I remember the end. So what happens at the end of the head cut and duel? Like oh, what does oh what does Steve I do? Because I remember the look on your face. I thought you started crying. <laughs> he well he
2: he's got this two thousand dollar guitar. or it, It's a high end guitar. Like if yeah. you ever tried to buy those, so he takes it the strap off. He holds a guitar and then he drops it on the ground. <laughs> this isn't this isn't Townsend Townsend or whatever. Like you know, throwing guitars through
0: yeah yeah <laughs> through
2: the amps and and setting them on fire like Jimi Hendrix. Like does he dropped the guitar and was like, oh my god,
0: what have you done? But he was like, I don't give a shit. It was like, but the, the, look at the, the guitar yeah. you play, and Jeremy, yeah. you, you were being so upset just because you lost. What, you know
2: what? Uh, what are you doing? Well, yeah. you look at that guitar, and then you had my guitar, which was like, like leaps and bounds, like the locking trim and and the, you know the whole deal. And yeah, it was just it was just one of those one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so that's pretty much my 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 journey. I mean Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top, there were they were those were really influential also. I mean I still play them to this day.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, they they okay. they stayed. They 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 stuck. It's something you discovered and but it never went away.
2: Yeah, like second
0: helping. Uh
2: there's a couple tunes on there I like to play, you know, with just enough breakout. Second some, helping. Yeah, second helping. I'm I'm
0: looking it up here.
2: Second helping. Uh second song the first song is Sweet Home Alabama. The second song is I need you or I'll, I can't remember the name now, but. top i like the older stuff Mm -hmm. uh when they kind of came on board when i first was introduced to them uh i think it was eliminator eliminator yeah and back then it was like oh it's
0: all electronic drums did we hear eliminator first or did david brunn expose us to it before we heard eliminator that's what i was trying to figure out because the old zz top stuff the old blues and stuff well the first one was the the front end grille of uh, of an old vehicle. I can't remember it was a
2: model I would say model T, but it was an older vehicle. It's the one they have usually on all their all their videos. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, that was was it Eliminator? Yeah, that was Eliminator. I think that, was Eliminator. that was that was my introduction to them. And then when I heard the older stuff,
0: it was like, oh, this is even better yeah this, okay. this stuff is like That's think, real yeah. blues real blues
2: not pop blues
0: because we yeah because we went to to the brun's house and he had that amazing sound system and, <laughs> and he's putting zz top on and i can't remember what my reaction was but but think about it like if you're listening to eliminator with the with the drum machine and and the really just clean just super clean super precise sound and then you go back to, you know, Fandango or Tres Hombres or whatever, and yeah. you're like, holy shit, like, this is the same band? Yeah. You know, it's so different, but it, oh, that that old stuff was like, I don't know, something like, else. Like, I still listen to the old ZZ Top, but I, I'm going to be honest, I can't remember the last time I listened to Eliminator. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like old Aerosmith. You listen to Tyler, is like, is that him
2: Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. the very first stuff and then yep. the stuff now it's like, it was like a different, uh, they, they kind of, I don't know if they reinvented themselves, but yeah. They, they, but added yeah, polish
0: it, but, and, and just became like a more of a pop band than you know.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, even, even now, I mean, ZZ top, um, I mean, prior to the, the to the bass player passing, when they're playing, uh, it was all the old stuff. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the, you know, it was waiting for the bus. It wasn't the stuff you'd hear on the radio yeah uh, sharp dressed men. Uh, they may have played it maybe but because it yeah. just because it was a popular song yeah but.
0: well they'd play a couple songs off the new album but their back catalog was i mean you can't tell me they weren't playing cheap sunglasses or or uh jesus just left chicago or um yeah those were those were cool like, songs uh, beer drinkers and hellraisers, like are you kidding me yeah yeah but that they was were the... huge in the 70s they were massive and then they just had a bit of a decline, like everybody did. And then they came back with uh 1984, I think it was Eliminator. But they reinvented themselves, you know, so they could keep going. And right. I don't fault them for it. It's like they give them a whole renaissance, but now they're still, you know, they're still around. And yeah. they're still, you know, they're still highly I, revered. But they're highly re- revered because they just kept going, yeah. right? I remember the
2: first time I saw Sharp Dressed Man's video. Mm-hmm. Now, this will take you back. This was in Riverview. Mm-hmm. Um, I had gone to a dance uh, in Riverview, and they had a screen. That they were playing, I don't know if they were playing much music or they were just playing the videos. Um, oh. Probably, probably, but that's what the music was. Like they showed the videos while you were watching, so they had okay. uh, they they had played that, and I think it was where he had the fuzzy guitar, and that's when he kind of yeah, yeah. they spun them around and they yeah, yeah. <laughs> the little thing. <laughs> so that was kind of a a new thing. I don't think that was more the old. That was more the uh, the, the pop version of of ZZ Top.
0: Yeah. But I mean, they 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 settled on an image, right? Because before they didn't, they they also look different. They also dress different. You know, later they're kind of wearing kind of I don't know suits or whatever. But you know, and then they grew the beards, like they the the beard thing. But they, I mean, I remember they got offered like a million dollars to to shave.
4: <laughs>
0: you know, at one point. But I'm glad they didn't, because you know. Anyway. Yeah, you got to keep it.
4: Yeah. All I right, saw brother. Billy- What's so that? I'm just,
0: well, I'm just wondering if we should cut it here or not. I think <laughs> that's a good, because I think we could get into a whole other music that broke Todd uh, segment here. Yeah. Because yeah. wow, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that came during this period. Do you get notes for the next? Uh, no, I mean, I I wrote down the Eagles, uh, the, the Headpins,
2: Chilliwack, Triumph, Van Halen, Rush, Leonard Skinner, ZZ Top. That was, those were my main influences, except for uh songs from you know that that i had heard for the very first time and that's when i kind of discovered the guitar was like oh guitar isn't just acoustic and strumming
4: no this
2: is uh um this is awesome i like i like i like this Uh, this is stuff that i would like to play yeah and that's where it kind of started this was kind of this was before i had the guitars and and the very first guitar that I had, you know, Uncle Junior's, but that I think we've we've gone through that
0: before. That's a whole different episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that is a whole different episode. We we talked about that at length. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's a whole thing. All right. Yeah. Well, let's let's cap it off here. All right. Um, this little segment, even though it's it's like thirty minutes, it's gonna have like about five or six songs inserted in there. So it'll probably end up being an hour and a half cool. in this half hour segment. So um socials sean geek podcast on all social media still on twitter for the moment um send us a message if there's a poll vote in the poll um i do want to point out some other shows that we well that i listen to at, at least because we keep getting shout outs from other shows and it's really really appreciated and i'm you know i'm really grateful for the uh the props we get from from other podcasts and stuff. So I do want to make a quick shout out here for some that are on the playlist. So we've got, and the podcast will rock Mm -hmm. Corey and Mark the bat. Mm -hmm. I I, I love those guys. Those guys are awesome guys. Awesome guys. Uh, cult connections with Ian. He is, has a great, amazing show. Uh, we've got in Obscuria podcast, which is my first Friday. Listen every Friday. Uh, I love that show. That show is, yeah, I, I haven't missed an episode in so long. Uh, we got Pot of Thunder, which comes out on Mondays, which we've had Chris L on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. I Still been listening to this show for years now. Uh, Rage Rage. I need a new episode, boys. Yeah. love um, those guys. That superhero thing, which is one that Karen turned me on to, that show is amazing. Uh, I, I love those guys. Uh, Fanboy Garage, Manitoba Money Shot Podcast, Verbal Diorama, Witch Police <laughs> Radio, and of course, the ever amazing Ruby with Living Through Extinction. Um, like I said, legend. Yep. Yeah. All right. Right on. So we'll see you guys on the flip side. Todd, thanks for sharing your uh, sharing. <laughs> this is pretty good, actually. This is actually a lot of fun. I'm going to have fun just putting a bunch of music in here for people to hear. Awesome. Sweet. So good. Sweet.